Hello everyone and welcome to episode 373 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Uh, you're out a couple days last week having a baby. Congratulations. Awesome to have you back. Thank you very much. A little a little token came out, and apparently the cumulative upkeep is very high. Uh, I haven't had much sleep in the last week, but uh, here I am, ready to talk about uh, some arena news. Ah, uh, yes, that is that is our big topic for today. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you? Good morning. I, I'm all right. I uh, haven't had much sleep, but not because I had a token, just because I uh, <laughs> have a weird sleep schedule. So we're, we're, we're on trim uh, time now. Me and you. Yeah, yeah. I'll message yeah, you in the middle of the night. No sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'll be up. You know it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, today we got one huge topic, which is the arena economy. The long-awaited arena economy stream actually happened uh, last Thursday, and. We get a bunch of news and non-news and information, so we're going to talk a bunch about that, and then we might jump around to some other topics as well. Uh, win trading on Magic Online came up again recently. Gold border cards being tournament legal, maybe as a fix to the reserve list. Uh, a little bit of new Capenna news with uh, Halo, so we're going to jump around and then answer some fish mail. Before we get into that, a reminder, though, that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit, and we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your Magic collection in their curated shipments service that lets you sell your valuable cards with a reduced service fee for a while now. As long as your cards have a retail value of $2 or more, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a 5% fee. Like with all of Card Conduit services, you don't got to sort your cards, you don't got to grade your cards, you get to skip all those hassles, just safely package everything up and ship it out and you'll even get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5 percent and right now you can even get another 10 percent off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtg goldfish card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic card so thanks so much to card conduit for supporting the show and let's talk some arena economy so did either one of you actually get to uh catch the arena economy stream richard i assume you were like at the hospital so probably not crim did you get to catch it by chance i watched a little bit i watched a little bit so what was what was your overall just like first impression of the stream before we get into the the nitty gritty details? Uh, so far the the first impression that I got was like well from pretty much all the news that I I was listening to was that pretty much wow yeah, Blake uh you know Blake Blake is a. a <laughs> I applaud Blake for going online and speaking in front of so many people. That's that's what I say. <laughs> yeah. So so the stream, the stream happened Thursday. It was Blake and a Chris, one of the arena like dev people or designers. Uh, they did the stream and. A lot of people watched it. Uh, they had almost as many people watching as watched the the championship tournament the, the weekend before. So this was like a big thing. We also streamed it and watched it live on our stream and had like 1,500 people watching it there. So this was a really big, interesting topic that a lot of people were, were waiting for. And wow, did it end up being, I think for most people, a disappointment. Like that was the, the overall mood. And you could even see it on like Blake's face and the, the whole stream. They look like they were announcing bad news. Like they, they didn't look super happy. Uh, and I think they knew that they had to do this stream, but they weren't actually super excited about the fact that they were going to have to kind of just tell everyone like, we like the economy and we're not really going to make any big, any big changes, which is exactly <laughs> the opposite of what pretty much everyone is hoping to hear. So, uh, so yeah, like we can talk some about the, the changes. There are a few changes. I don't want to make it sound like wizards did nothing. There are a couple of small things that they announced that could maybe be improvements with probably the, uh, the biggest one being they're going to start selling a new style of pack in the store called mythic packs is what they called them on the stream, where essentially uh, for 300 extra gold. A normal pack's 1,000 gold. You can get these mythic packs for 1,300 gold. You'll get a pack that'll guarantee that you get a mythic or a mythic or rare wild card. So essentially, just like a normal pack, except you know that your rare slot is going to have a mythic or one of those wild cards in it. 
What do you guys think of this change? Like, is this, how helpful is this for players at large? Okay, so I, I, I think the Mythic Packs aren't that bad. I think the Mythic Packs, like, what, what came inside it again? Uh, so, I, from what I remember. Either a Mythic or right. a rare Mythic wild card. So, either a Mythic from the set of the pack that you open or a rare Mythic wild card. So, there's no chance of getting a just a normal rare card. It's either a wild card or a Mythic. And that was 1,300 gold, right? A pack. Yeah, so it's like 1.3 times the price of a normal pack so not a huge increase really like it is an increase but not a huge one see like okay so i think that was okay uh i i i like that right like it, those don't seem that bad right does it help is my question because I, I remembered when i used to play arena the crunch was on rare wild cards um, and, you know, if you're trying to complete the set, the mythics are hard to complete. But when you're constructing a deck, you're usually crunched on rare wild cards. I don't know if that has changed. But if you buy this pack, uh, you're guaranteed a mythic. But um, you may need rares and you paid 30% more. So does this act like who do, does this help deck builders or does this help like set completionists where you're trying to actually just finish off the mythics? Yeah. So do set completionists this- actually exist on Arena. They, they exist well, I mean, because you're trying I'm to get kind wild of a cards. Set completionist. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, right. Okay. So I, I think this change is a positive, but I think it only really helps whales, essentially, people like me. Like, for me, this is a positive because what happens with me on Arena is a new set comes out. I spend two or $300 opening packs. I'll get all the rares from the set, and then my rare slot will just be the 20 gem, like, pity reward after that point. But I gotta keep opening packs to try to get the rest of the mythics that I need, or mythic wild cards that I need to actually finish the decks. So for me, uh, this is gonna be helpful. that I can buy a bunch of normal packs, and once I get all the rares, I can switch over to opening these packs, and assuming like duplicate protection works the same and all that stuff, which they didn't really get into in detail, but I'm hopeful that that's how it'll work. Then I think this would cut the cost for me of completing a set. On the other hand, for the average arena player, I think this does pretty little. Like if you're someone who's free to play playing or spending minimal money, I don't think these packs do that much for you because as Richard said, for most people, the pinch is on rares. Because if you look at like typical standard decks, a lot of them have a couple of mythics, maybe a playset of two mythics, eight-ish, ten-ish, but I have like 30, 40, 50 rares because of mana bases. So I think for like 90-something percent of arena players, this doesn't really do anything. But then for that top like 5% of spenders who are actually trying to like get every deck to make content or whatever, then I think this is actually pretty valuable. All right, change change number two, and these kind of go together. We've asked Wizards for a long time about selling wild cards directly. Uh, that's something that people have suggested literally forever to sell wild cards. And Wizards is kind of doing this with a wild card bundle in the store that's going to have four mythic wild cards, 12 rare wild cards for the cost of 50 US dollars. And uh, that is, uh, they said dollars specifically. So I'm assuming you can't spend gold or gems on them and you're af- actually going to have to spend money. What do y'all think of this change? On one hand, this is something players have wanted. On the other hand, 50 bucks for 16 total wild cards, not exactly inexpensive. Okay, so this this was the hot news, right? <laughs> that that came out of the stream. This is the the meatball and uh one I think last time we spoke about this, you and I Seth, uh, I I think we were joking around, right? Like, like that it would cost something like this, right? And, and that I, I, I think it actually ended up being true. So, uh, and I, I also kind of thought that surprisingly, this is not, not that I back this idea. I, I was surprised they sold this many mythic wild cards. I was half <laughs> expecting them to sell a treasure vault for $50. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, I, in, in, I don't know if this is good or bad that they actually gave more than I thought they would, even if it's still war- like bad, right? Like it's still awful how much you're getting for fifty dollars. Yes. So, uh, yeah, this this is kind of unreal. I, I, I don't see what the problem is. Why don't they just just sell individuals? Sell individual wild cards, rare wild cards, or whatever. Do the Rune Terra approach or whatever. If you're really that against dusting, like you, you need to 
pay $50. So it's hard to polish off a deck when you have to buy a third of the deck. Uh, if you do the math, if you say like a mythic is the same as a rare, right? So if you say $50 for 16 rares, that's a bit over three bucks for a, uh, a wild card. Uh, when you buy packs, uh, each pack is about a dollar. Each pack comes with a rare. So each rare there is costing you about a dollar, not factoring in vault progress and wild cards. So you're paying a hefty premium for this, but you have to pay it in a big chunk. Like if you're building a deck and you're just missing like two rares, you got to go and pay the 50 bucks. So I don't know that this helps too much. And if you use this math to figure out how much to buy a deck, let's say you want to just buy a straight up uh, tier one standard deck, they usually will need around like 45 rares slash mythic. So you'll need three of these bundles. So that puts a deck around $150. So I don't know if this changed anything. It kind of just seems the same. I mean, if... If you, you can grind less, right? Like if you want to just come in there and buy a deck for $150, you now can and like kind of be guaranteed. Like you're not leaving it up to RNG to open like the right rares and getting enough vault progress and whatnot. But I don't know that this makes Arena any cheaper or, or you know, does anything like that. Yeah, so some people have math math this out. I know Frank Karstens and other people have actually done the math and compared this bundle to getting $50 worth of packs. And from what I've seen, you will get slightly more wild cards from the bundle. Not a ton, but like a couple more rares and some percentage of a mythic extra. So you do get slightly more. The problem is if you open $50 worth of packs, you're also getting 50 other rares and mythics, just the random cards that are coming in those packs. And those you're not going to get from the wild card bundle. So that makes this bundle really, really overpriced for pretty much everyone like if you're just a random arena player you are a million percent better off just spending your fifty dollars on packs because you're sure you're going to get slightly less rares and mythic wild cards but all those random cards you're going to get to fill up your collection are going to make up for that and then some so the one situation i thought this could be helpful was again for like whales like me where i complete all the rares in the set and i need a couple you know mythics to build a deck or something i could buy this rather than cracking packs which is kind of true, but then I think the Mythic Packs might just be a better option for that too. Like even in that one really narrow whaley situation, I'm probably just better off cracking Mythic Packs to get the last Mythics that I need. We'll have to like math it out once we see about duplicate protection and all that stuff. But my assumption is that's just better. I think Wizards, it could have been such a good idea. I think if Wizards sold the cards for the exact same price and you could just buy a wild card for like three dollars that might actually be appealing to some people i think the fifty dollar no gold no gems like 50 actual dollar price that's going to be a big stumbling block for a lot of players like that's a big chunk of money to put in all at once when if you could buy one wild card or two wild cards to complete a deck even if it was this still not very player of uh, player friendly price i think that would have went over a lot better so this gives me a time Tiny bit of hope, though. The fact that Wizards is open to the idea of selling wild cards, I think, is a positive. <laughs> but the exact rate is just so bad, bad. it's not going to be able to really help anyone. So, uh, yeah, people really freaked out about this, too. I think this was the news, because if you're watching the stream live, Wizards mentioned selling wild cards. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, they're going to do it. And then they're like, $50, you know, no gold, no gems. And everyone's like, oh, my God. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I couldn't believe it myself, if I'm being honest. I was like, wow, they, they're doing it. And, and then definitely my jaw dropped. I was like, wow, they, they are doing it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and those are really the the only two like super direct economy changes that they announced. Uh, the other one that they did announce, which we didn't get enough details of for me to get super hyped about, was improving rewards for constructed events. They talked about how limited players can build a huge collection grinding events, uh, but constructed events, the way you get the rewards aren't very good at like grinding you into a collection. So I mentioned like giving out more gems and packs and less individual card rewards in 
less gold, which is probably good, but without seeing exact rates and what these events look like, it's for me at least, it's hard to get super excited at this point until we just see all the all the details, because I feel like usually when a change like this happens, it doesn't actually make the economy more generous. It just kind of like shifts things around within the economy. And when you look at it overall, the economy is like the same or maybe a little bit worse usually. But I don't know. What do you think? Uh, improved, improved constructed rewards. I mean, hopefully good. Continued smoke and mirrors, Seth. You keep following for the trick. <laughs> They're going to be like, well, <laughs> we've improved constructed rewards, but removed all daily quest rewards. Or, you know, your vault is now invisible and you make no progress. Like, people think Wizards is trying to make the game cheaper with these things, but the answer is no, right? Because they can just do that by slashing gem prices or pack prices, right? Like, anytime they add a new mechanic to try to make the game more accessible, like, you know, they're just shifting things around, right? Like, the simplest way is to reduce the price of gems, right? Or the simplest way is to reduce the price of a pack. But instead, they offer you mythic packs, wild card packs, uh, improved constructed rewards. So my guess is they're going to somehow nerf limited rewards. That's my guess. Like your <laughs> constructed rewards will come from your limited rewards and they'll balance out to make sure the two play modes have equal rewards. Um, I would be very shocked if they gave you anything extra and anything extra that is tangible. Like maybe you get a 1% increase in rewards or something, but like I, I just don't expect you to make you know more money or more cards or something if you're a constructed player now i just don't see that happening they're really trying to oh man i i don't know why they're so against it like just just oh my god i i do i do wonder why like okay so like they do need to make something right that will make it so that the constructed player can keep the like kind of like i guess like going infinite kind of happen because i think it seems that a people playing limited people playing limited often say they can go like pseudo infinite right but i don't see anything like that for constructed players that aren't whales yeah i mean i don't know i'm always skeptical because we have a pretty long history of these type of changes on arena not being a good thing overall like i remember them adding duplicate protection which is something players had asked for for a long time but then because they had a duplicate protection they like nerfed rewards and players freaked out so then they nerfed individual card rewards so like usually when they make these changes it doesn't actually make things better overall so i guess i'm trying to remain hopeful that maybe this will be a good thing but i think it's probably what richard said where like sure constructed events in specific will improve but your limited events or some other aspect of the economy will be diminished to like make up for that to not make it actually more generous overall oh what about this one made me think of you richard the other thing they kind of hyped up a little bit was uh to get around decision paralysis wild card spending paralysis having a way for players to test cards before they actually spend their wild cards on those cards and i know you've talked about this before like testing a deck on magic online where you can use the card rental programs before spending your wild cards on it the problem is they didn't have exact details but it sounded like the most likely outcome would be testing versus sparky rather than being able to actually test against other players oh that's terrible would this fix would this fix your problem, Richard? If you could play <laughs> cards that you didn't own against Sparky before you actually spend your wild cards, would this keep you from having to test on Magic Online <laughs> and keep you on Arena? So, so oddly <laughs> enough, this is the most exciting news of all the news Ow. on this, and it's still pretty <laughs> mediocre. Like, so yes, you can now Goldfish or Solitaire your deck, right? So that's better than nothing, right? Like, if, if you want to see if your curve kind of works, I guess, but. Um, if you're trying to grind the ladder, this is not how you test, right? Like you need to actually <laughs> test matchups. You need to see how the cards play. Uh, you know, unless Sparky is wielding like the complete tier one meta gauntlet and like, you know, <laughs> is playing at least at FNM level. Like, I, I don't know if this is going to help me in any way, but at, at least it's something like it's better than nothing. Um, but you still need to be very careful about what you craft, right? Like you don't want to craft a tier four deck. And then have to go back and buy, you know, three more wildcard bundles because you you botched your deck, right? So I still think you do need some testing somewhere, uh, but this is at least a net gain. I don't think they're going to take away something for this, right? Like this is a feature they added. So at least we're making progress. Yeah. 
I mean, it's got to be a positive. I don't know how much of a positive. I think it would be you much could, more you of could a no positive. You no longer play Sparky in other, uh, in other <laughs> matches. <laughs> they remove the other Sparky features. <laughs> if there was, if there was an actual event where you could test against other players who were also trying to like test decks before they bought them, I feel like that would be more beneficial than Sparky. Maybe you like cap it somehow you can only do this you know so many cards a month or something like to, just so people couldn't like totally free to play any card they wanted to in these events which i'm sure wizards wouldn't allow uh, <laughs> wouldn't still, want that. even, <laughs> even verse sparky it's it's better it, it is an improvement i don't know if this really moves the needle as far as you know the economy overall in any sense but it can't be bad, right? I, I don't really see the downside of it, even if it's not super helpful. Uh, the downside is it wastes time doing this. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a read of dev time going towards this versus anything else, right? Like, <laughs> why can't I test with my friend using their collection or something, right? Like, you know, if, if Seth has a massive collection, why can't he invite me and I can use his cards and we can only play against each other? And, and we can test. And eventually, I'll get bored of playing with Seth and want to build the deck to go on the ladder, right? And that'll make them money. Uh, but I can test with Seth in the meantime. Like, I don't understand why this is, like, so far-fetched. Like, do you think people will just stop playing Arena because they only play with, like, their friends that have full, you know, collections or something? Like, renting a deck or borrowing a deck or testing a deck, I think, could be a way they accomplish this. But they've settled on Sparky. And uh, the downside Which is maybe they no stop sense. there. <laughs> which makes no sense just give me and don't even don't even make it sparky just take you know your profitable year and then go take and make a story mode at oh, that point right like that's the same too. thing yeah i don't i yeah. don't understand that uh, people people asked about deck sharing because that's something that was uh, like on the roadmap a while ago and kind of disappeared and we didn't get a, a very direct answer about the possibility of some sort of deck sharing thing actually happening. Uh, the last piece of, I guess, good news is they're adding a new eternal format to the client uh, in the near future, like within the next month or two, they said, just bad news pioneer. is just they don't know what the format is. They don't have a name for it yet. They, my impression watching the stream, and I know some other people had the opposite impression, but my impression was Pioneer still wasn't likely. Uh, maybe there's a chance whatever format they add, which is definitely not Pioneer, but maybe that format could build towards Pioneer, but Ugh, boy, that's not, they didn't say that directly, like, on the stream in a way that made me think, okay, their plan is to, like, add this uh, stand-in format for the time being until we get more cards, and then it'll be Pioneer eventually. I didn't come away from the stream with that impression. I don't know. No, well, let's say they add whatever, Ixalan forward, Ravnica forward, whatever they end up adding. Does that do anything? So I guess the, the the problem they're trying to fix is people being mad about alchemy impacting historic and not having a paper only for, uh, eternal format on arena. But would one of those like another digital only format that just doesn't have the alchemy digital only cards? Does that do anything? Like, would that even be popular? No, just add at this at this point, I get the purpose of historic, right? It's digital only. So uh, like. Let, let let alchemy let all of that happen right uh but but just put pioneer put pioneer like i don't see the problem with putting pioneer or even put this new format in along with the like okay we're releasing master sets remastered sets whatever we got to be doing to like get the pioneer cards on the client like sure maybe you can't have every card in pioneer on the format in the next month because you're gonna have to program in a bunch of sets or whatever but if you launch this format and also really truly are working towards Pioneer, I would I'd be fine with that. I would accept that. On the other hand, I have zero interest in Ixalan Forward, Ravnica Forward, just some other digital only format with a new name that doesn't actually attach to any paper formats. That wouldn't be very appealing to me personally. Like, I guess, sure, if you're someone who really doesn't like the digital only cards, it's a eternal format that doesn't have those. But I think the real value is like having a format that is also played in paper. So then you have paper players who might want to test their pioneer decks on Magic Arena or vice versa. So I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that I'm misunderstanding and they're actually working towards pioneer, but I didn't come away from the stream super hopeful that that's I don't think the they're adding sets like you guys are speaking. Like, I think they're going to do basically historic again, where you, you have like a, a, an existing card pool, you banned all the alchemy cards, 
And then they'll make historic anthologies where uh, they make like basically master edition sets to start adding cards back into this new format. Um, if you remember, uh, what was it? Like Theros Beyond Death or something. They had like event decks mm-hmm. where you randomly had like a Black Lotus. Uh, you had like Power Nine oh, like, in your yep. deck. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to make whatever this format is, anthologies, release like 30, 40 cards, make that the base of the format. Because if you think about it, What's the point of adding, you know, Ixalan or, or, you know, one of these sets, right? You have to program like 300 cards and like two will be played, right? So you might as well just do the two you think will be played and then cover more sets than, you know, do Ixalan and, you know, whatever. And keep going back in time until you, you get a format. It's just not worth it for them. Um, but I do hear this and I do hear that here are new cards you need to buy to play something, Right, and if the concerns are economy related already, I don't see how this format will fly. Like people don't want to invest in alchemy because they don't want to pay for all the new cards. How would adding this eternal format uh, with new cards that you don't already own alleviate the problem? Because now you got to go buy them, right? I should be able to play with my existing collection, and isn't that the point of an eternal format? So I'm I'm not sure if people will be happy no matter what Wizards does uh, with this. Yeah, I mean, I think overall the problem is the economy is just too unforgiving. It's too expensive. And when it comes down to it, nothing they announced really fixes that. And if you watch the stream, and I would encourage you to watch the stream, it's up on Wizards YouTube and we watch it live. You can find it on the replay YouTube if you want to watch our version of it with us kind of reacting to it and chat going. Uh, So I would definitely encourage you to watch it. But overall... Wizards pretty much made it sound like the economy is working the way we want it to. Like, there wasn't <laughs> anything that made me think, oh, they're really thinking, okay, the cost of arena is too much. We got to make it cheaper. Everything they said was kind of shifting things around. And from Wizards' perspective, arena's economy is, it is what it is. And they like how it is now. So we shouldn't be expecting some big changes to make it cheaper in the future. They also did a... <laughs> A Q&A. Oh, my goodness. Probably the, the best answer. Oh, my. This one cracked me up. Someone asked about why we don't do codes in paper packs similar to I think Yu-Gi-Oh does this where if you buy a paper pack, you get like a code and you get a pack on their digital client. So someone asked that and uh, <clears throat> their answer was that not all paper players play arena. So so what are they going to do with? What are they going to do with the code? Maybe they don't play arena, but they get a code in their bo- they get a code in their booster. It's like really that's that's your concern is that some paper only player is going to get this free value code in their pack and be offended by it or something? It was like the least logical answer I'd ever ever heard. <laughs> that was quite a meme. I'll admit that was quite a meme. I, I was like, hold on, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. What? The problem is they thought about this. Like, they knew this question. They've had this question forever. And, you know, the the, the PR team and designer, and he sat down, and they're like, this is the best answer we have. So, and they fed it to the team, and then they had the team deliver it on stream. Because uh, this is something people <laughs> ask about since day one, right? Like, since the yeah. economy went out, they're like, look, Pokemon gives you packs. Why can't you give us packs, right? And people have been talking yeah. about this since forever. And... The answer is they're not going to do it, and this is their best answer. But yeah, it's it's a little funny that everyone sat down and this was the the most convincing argument they had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's, the, the other that's a good answer oh, fired up. <laughs> the the other thing that came up is a uh, duplicate protection. People asked about that, and uh, especially across sets, how you're opening, you know, multiple scry lands, some from Theros Beyond Death, some from the core set, or Woe Strider and Theros Beyond Death and Jumpstart. And uh, and Wizard said they they didn't have the technology to to get around that, but they were working on it, and they thought they would have the technology soon. Whether they didn't promise they would actually implement anything that would fix the issue, but they did say that they're working on that. So maybe we get a slightly improved duplicate protection at some point. And I guess the other, the one piece of like straight up good news is uh, they're going to let you select your basic lands now. You can set a default basic land rather than scrolling through all your basic lands. Doesn't make the game cheaper, but I guess that's something. <laughs> so just do this into the economy stream. <laughs> like the way we yes, the way that was. See, we listened. <laughs> we, we gotcha. We gotcha. So I gotta ask you guys: Can Arena succeed? <laughs> like now that we know, because people are waiting for this economy stream, hoping beyond hope that maybe somehow Wizards would be like, "We heard you. We agree. Arena's too expensive. We're gonna make it cheaper." 
That's not what the stream said. It basically said, we'll do some little things here and there that maybe for certain people in certain scenarios make it slightly cheaper. We'll twist some knobs, shift things around, but it is what it is. We like the economy. This is what it costs to play arena. Do you think this is an actual issue where uh, people are going to stop playing arena because of the cost now that they know they shouldn't be expecting changes? Or do you think this is uh, that everyone's so addicted and that they're just going to keep doing it or people are going to complain but keep spending their money? Like, what does this mean, big picture, long term, that the economy essentially is not going to change based on the the overall theme of the stream? Ooh, I I... I think in the long term, this is going to hurt. This is, this is actually just going to be very detrimental to, uh, what arena is. Um, pe- people are not happy about this. People can't, like, even, even if it's, l- let's just assume, right? Let's just take away the fact that, okay, let's pretend that maybe the most vocal people are the ones on Twitter, uh, and all that stuff. And there's still tons of people that just play arena without the vote, like the vocal, uh, people talking about the economy, right? So assuming that, I still think it's going to be hard to onboard new people. And at some point, it'll this game will just be kept afloat by whales and played between only whales. And it won't be the majority of people playing Magic. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think the problem is, like, Arena is not different from Paper. If you exclude Alchemy for a second, right? They've just reproduced the whole experience and they've somehow convinced people to double pay but there's no real value add, right? Like why, you know, once stores open back up and I can play uh, in real life, like what is the point of Arena? And I was hoping that, you know, when they initially launched Arena, it just copied paper. That's fine, right? You have to start somewhere. But in the years since then, they have not really given me a reason to spend money on Arena. Like why should I spend $300 or, you know, $150 for a deck that I already own in paper, to just play the same game, right? I was really hoping they would use other means to monetize, like, uh, you know, using skins, using secret lair, using different reasons that make me feel good for spending my money, right? Like I spend my money and then I feel terrible. I'm like, oh my goodness, right? Like I, I like barely <laughs> built a deck and my deck sucks and like meta is rotating, I gotta buy another deck. Like it just continually feels bad. But when I buy like a skin in League of Legends, I feel great. Right, I'm like, ah, oh, let me go show off my character to everyone, and this is like great money spent, even though I literally spent money on nothing. Right, I spent money on like a cosmetic that doesn't change the game. It feels good mm-hmm. to purchase, whereas Arena, like, it just feels like you're getting beaten over and over again, and you're like, why am I doing this? I can spend fifty dollars, uh, and and you know, get some wild cards, or I can just buy like Elden Ring and get flogged yeah. that way. Right, like, like I don't know, right? Like fifty dollars is a lot of money, right? One hundred fifty dollars is a lot of money. And they're expecting us to pay. And I, I think at some point people will just have enough. Like I've stopped playing arena because it's just not worth the grind. Um, but as you know, with commander taking off, people going back to LGSs and things like that, like I think arena will just continue dwindling because what's the reason for recommending your friend to play arena, buy a PS5, buy some games have at it right yeah i I found myself in that exact situation where i was like trying to recommend recommend a game to someone and whenever i think about recommending arena the cost just essentially stops me like i i got my little nephew into the game and he played it for a while and liked it for a while but then he completed the like new player events and he couldn't really get other cards to build better decks and he just got crushed by everyone and then He's not playing magic, essentially. So uh, it just, it it wouldn't work. And when you have other options, like, I don't know, you got like Hearthstone Battlegrounds, which is not magic, but it's actually like a pretty fun auto battler, storybook brawl, things like that, that are like literally fully free and you can play the whole game. It's really, really tough to be like, yeah, you should, should get into Magic Arena and spend hundreds of dollars each set or grind for hours and hours, like quit your job and just like play Arena (laughs) so you can build a deck. Like that's... It's really, really hard to recommend. So I, too, am a little worried about the long-term future of Arena, especially with just the overall mood in the the community as a result of this stream and the result of, you know, alchemy. It really feels like 
wizards did this dream to let everyone know they were listening so they don't have the <laughs> the will or the desire to actually make any changes back on the uh, on the back of the feedback they're getting from people so uh, i don't know like uh, for me i came away from it pretty disappointed like sure i'm glad that maybe i can complete a set slightly easier with mythic packs or whatever like uh, that's great but for the average player there was just not much to get excited about or to hang your hat on as far as like positive economic changes and I don't know where the game goes from here. Like, I, I really don't know. And it's really tough to justify spending $150 to build a deck with the wildcard bundle or something when you could be spending about that same amount of money to build the deck in paper or way less to build it on Magic Online with a rental program and actually own the cards in paper and play them in Commander after they rotate from Standard or whatever. So, yeah, uh, dis uh, disappointed. I, I mostly just came away from the stream sad and and disappointed because I wasn't expecting much, and that's pretty much <laughs> we exactly what I got. Disappointed. We we were all guessing in our group chat beforehand. Like, do you think anything's gonna happen? We're like, nah, nothing's gonna happen. Uh, they're just gonna shuffle things around, and yet we still walk away disappointed. <laughs> Somehow they managed to not meet expectations that were low. Uh, all right. Any other arena arena thoughts before we hit up a couple other topics before we run out of time this week? I, I really just hope they stop applying paper principles, paper, you know, thought processes to a digital game. Please, please. That, oh, that was the other thing they said is like, oh, opening packs is so much fun. We yes. love, we love booster packs because <laughs> everyone, they, it's just a joy to open a booster pack. And I was like, sure, in paper, yes. And that's because in paper, your cards have actual value, but on an arena, it's a chore. Like no one enjoys outside of limited, enjoys opening booster packs on arena. So I don't know. It does feel like wizards. Uh, thinks of arena the same way they think of paper but they are so different and uh, maybe they'll have a change at some point but at this point uh it doesn't seem likely they're too old anyway we, couple... we need a 15 year old ceo <laughs> seth like a, a tiktok zoomer <laughs> exactly. come in, show, exactly. show like how the digital age actually works like the, the ceo's yeah. probably like faxing messages around they're like wow, yeah. i heard digital <laughs> cards are in nowadays <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get with the times, man. Digital economy, but not alchemy, okay? Not alchemy. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Another another topic which I think is interesting. Shifting from arena to magic online. And this has been something that's been floating beneath the surface for a while, but actually came up yesterday thanks to a video someone made of this happening to them on their stream in person, which is win trading on Magic Online. And essentially, if you're not familiar with win trading, uh, it's the idea that you can get into a league that doesn't have a lot of players, like Standard or Vintage is another one where it happens in, especially at low playtime hours, like in the middle of the night when very few people are online, and you essentially queue with multiple accounts and try to have your accounts fight each other so you can concede with one of them, because if you go 5-0 with one and 0-5 with another, you end up making a pretty reasonable profit. I think it's $17 of profit you end up with uh, by doing that. And the person who made the video of it was playing vintage and it was even worse than I realized because the people that were doing the win trading uh, scheme would get into a match against a real person and then would just make them sit there for the whole 20 minutes to keep them out of the queue so they could queue against each other with other decks. So this is like a big, huge thing that's happening consistently. So my question for both of you is, how can we fix this? What is the solution to this win trading scheme that's going on? Because it's really making formats like Vintage and Standard on Magic Online much less playable for a lot of people. Ooh, I, <clears throat> first off, I didn't even know that was happening. <laughs> like the whole win trading thing. Like I, I, I heard about yeah. it being possible, but like, yeah, I didn't know it was a thing yet. So I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to do there. Like, because nothing stops you from making multiple accounts, right? You got to pay five bucks for each of them. But if you're going to profit off of the win trading thing, no, you can make as many accounts as you. I, I probably have five accounts from doing various videos and so forth, like the how to create an account of video. So, yeah, you can make as many accounts as you want, as long as you pay the five dollar fee. Yeah, that's pretty painful. I mean, yeah, like because I mean, well, what's going to stop you from doing that? I mean, how the, do you, the problem you, is you no change the playing, queue, right? Right. So no one is playing so that you're able to to do this. And then the, the actual problem is because no one is playing, it actually affects very few people, so they're not incentivized <laughs> to fix it. Uh, but, you know, a, an easy way is to change the reward such that it's no longer uh, plus Ooh. EV to do this. Um, maybe make it too long to be plus EV, like have like um, 
like an AF like an AFK timer or something essentially like if you concede within one minute of starting a game you get a warning or something um and like if you do it too many times you get a timeout uh you know similar to like leaving in the middle of team games and stuff in other games like you know that's not a normal play pattern right you shouldn't be scooping every match you run into uh same with the opposite right if you're just continually stalling out and hitting timer uh your account should maybe be timed out so you can't hold other people hostage um but like the way you describe it, it sounds like it doesn't affect enough people such that they would care to fix this. So I don't know how it actually be fixed. And the real answer is make these formats and uh, events more popular such that it's not possible, right? Like, you know, in the heyday of Magic Online, there's so many people playing, like it's, it's nearly impossible to set this up. So getting people to play Moto is a positive way of fixing it, but good luck with that. So I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I should say, if you're playing like Modern or Pioneer or even Legacy, you don't really have to worry about this because there's too many people playing for it to be practical to get two accounts to face each other on a regular basis, even if you're trying to. So this is something that only really impacts uh, formats that have very few players, like Vintage and Standard, now that Arena's a thing. Uh, I'm surprised Wizards doesn't want to fix it just because... I feel like it's kind of just taking money out of their pockets. Like someone that's getting treasure chests that they're selling for actual money. So it feels like it's costing wizards, although maybe since it's just all digital and they're not actually like losing physical dollars, maybe they don't care about it. I was wondering if there was a way to fix it by by how you get into a match because how it works now is you click join a match in a uh you basically wait for someone else to join the match and then there's like a 30 second countdown for you to click okay and join the match what if you just had to always wait 30 seconds even if you click okay for the match to start like is there some way you could with the technology they already have just make it so it's really really hard to cue into yourself and and pull off the scam i think the thing you suggested is also pretty good too richard like maybe if you 5-0 a league but every single round is someone conceding to you and you never actually play a game it's seems like they could recognize that and like not give rewards or time out that account or something but hopefully they do something here because it, it does hurt the people that play those formats like it, it does make vintage unplayable and like magic online is kind of the only place to play vintage and i know it's not a a huge format with tons of people but there are people who really care about those formats and i hope something something fixes this problem because uh it doesn't seem to be going away and if anything there's there's a big incentive uh because of the amount of money that you can potentially make by doing this if you're successful with it all right next topic <clears throat> An article came out this week from Star City Games talking about gold border cards. Uh, if you know those World Championship decks cards, those are the, the gold border cards. And suggesting that those cards be made tournament legal as a way to fix the reserve list, essentially. Get more supply of Black Lotuses and all this stuff into the market. What do you think about this idea? Should gold border cards be tournament legal? What's what's the uh, point of this? Don't don't gold border cards just spike in price and then you're at the same exact yeah. spot? <laughs> like there's no more that, new supply of these cards coming out, right? So maybe right, you decrease people, prices slightly, but you know, you I guarantee you, Black Lotus will be unaffordable uh, <laughs> if it was you know allowed in in sanctioned formats. Man. I, I will say when I first read it, I thought, hmm, I bet Star City Game has a, has a lot of gold border cards at the moment. <laughs> because I, I assume the same thing, too, that the prices of those cards would just go up. Sure, they're not going to go all the way up to Alpha Black Lotus price, but there's still a limited supply of those. And unless Wizards is going to actively print gold border cards, which they've been pretty clear that they don't see that as a way to get around the reserve list and they're not willing to do that then I think you just kind of have the the same issue, right? You get a little bit more supply in the market, but then those prices spike and those cards are all still really expensive and your gold border guy's cradle still $700 or something. Like, uh, I don't know. It, do it doesn't feel like that would actually solve the issues people have with the reserve list, which is some cards just being way too expensive to play. I think you just make gold border cards way too expensive to play if you do it this way. All right, let me let me let me pitch this idea. How do you guys feel about this? So let's say Star City Games runs a huge vintage or legacy tournament and they sell official SCG proxies. So they sell an SCG proxy of a Black Lotus for like a dollar and you're allowed to use proxies in their tournament and only their specific proxies. Is that... Good, bad, 
what do you, like if they, if they just make their own gold border cards, uh, right? It's like here you go, use our gold border cards. That can't be good. The idea of selling your own proxies at all, right? Yeah, I mean, they would have to be done in a legal way. I think yeah. where I don't think you could say Black Lotus, but you could you could I don't know <laughs> gray somehow <lotus>. make a, <laughs> a gray lotus or just lotus and not have any text on it or mana symbols like there are ways that people get around how, making proxies how is that not just them, alchemy and historic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah I don't know I don't know if that would go over very well I assume that uh <laughs> the wizards would not be happy about one of their big tos actually selling selling proxies did you see though here's kind of an interesting an interesting solution, which I don't know if you all saw this. Uh, Dual Masters printed mm-hmm. a bunch of magic cards uh, recently. That. So there's like a, a Black Lotus, essentially, that is uh, it's not a magic card. It's got a different back, but it is a Black Lotus, which is kind of an official proxy, more or less, where I think you could definitely play it in your commander deck and most playgroups would be fine with that. What about something like that? What about... <laughs> oddly printing magic reserveless cards in another game that Hasbro slash Wizards owns to get the supply in the market. What if I just sharpie I, my I, island? Like let's like why don't we yeah, just use like proxies? Like I don't like why are we trying to substitute them with non-official products? Like what are we we hope like Wizards likes it? Like they're like they're making money from Duel Masters, so like cool. Is that what we're hoping for? Or like, you know, gold bordered cards somehow trickle back to magic. So that's fine like is that the difference between that and uh, an actual like proxy that you make at home yeah basically that it's uh wizards is profiting off of it so they they would be accepting of it or maybe more likely to be accepting of it if they're making money off of it right. i think i got the, the solution for you then Seth. The hope. you can make any proxy you want as long as it's proxied on jace the mind sculptor or luris <laughs> 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 as long as you use any like tier one staple from that <laughs> from that format, you, have you can ch- proxy on so it and make it whatever you want. <laughs> real life dusting, got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that would work for wizards. For wizards too, the cards are selling a lot though. Like uh, the Black Lotus is around fifty dollars, and there's hundreds of them being sold on eBay. So it seems like there is a a market for it. And as far as I understand, you can't actually play them in dual masters i don't know much about dual masters but i think it's it's just a promo some sort of like anniversary celebration thing or something so it seems like there's a market there for 50 dollars black lotus semi-official proxies there's got to be there's got to be something wizards can do with that but at the same time like if it's not a real card like you said why don't you just sharpie it <laughs> like why spend i would i don't think i would spend 50 dollars on a black lotus that wasn't tournament legal i would just but you print off a random proxy on a you know piece of copy paper and stick it over basic land or something if i wanted to do that so i don't know <laughs> I, I think realistically though we might actually see like secret layer gold bordered black lotus and if, <laughs> if that actually happens then you might have a real argument for including <clears throat> these types of cards in um in tournament play because i'm sure wizards is itching to somehow get like the iconicness of Black Lotus in players' hands, and people will pay a hefty sum for it. But like, how can you do that when the card is not legal anywhere? But I think if they do Secret Lair Gold Bordered, <laughs> it could be a possibility. I think that would sell a lot if they actually did do that. I think that would be pretty profitable. That'd be interesting to see uh, to see it tried at least. All right, I got one more topic before fish mail. And Richard, you've been you've been out for the last week, so I'm just gonna read this, and I want you to. Uh, <laughs> To tell me what this sounds like it's referring to. So this is about uh, Nukapenna, and this was posted on the WPN website. It says, make your own Halo. Halo is a magical <laughs> substance that rules the criminal underworld of Nukapenna, sought after by all for its magic-enhancing qualities. It comes in many forms, such as crystals, <laughs> liquids, and vapors, and you may consider adding it to your in-store pre-releases. You might present this ethereal substance by adding stone or crystals as part of your decorations, but if you would rather serve it as a snack or beverage you can get creative using treats like rock candy or fruit punch remember please don't serve serve in beverage where commonly associated with alcoholic beverages like martini glasses because magic is a game for all ages and everyone should feel welcome richard what is what do you think halo is what what does that make it sound like halo is <laughs> yeah do I, do I need to use like bitcoins to buy them or something like do i, <laughs> do I need to go back to a shady alley like what's <laughs> Are they advocating giving out Halo at WPN events? Like, I'm so confused what this... What, what is this saying? Yeah. 
Uh, so I think this is for pre-releases. And yes, they are saying <laughs> you should decorate with Halo. Every Everyone that read this thought it sounded like some sort of new Capenna weird drug reference, essentially, yes. where where this is some magical drug thing. Uh, after this became a big thing and was like on the top of Reddit and kind of memed on on Twitter, Wizards <laughs> came out and said, no, 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 it's not a drug. Like, stop saying that. It's definitely not a drug. But I don't really know what to believe because the way they describe that, like, how could if it's not associated with drugs and that's not the impression that this some sort of magical drug thing, why would you write the sentence like that? That, that paragraph is like, I've showed this to a couple of people that don't even play magic that I know and just like, hey, read this. And what do you think it's talking about? And every single one is like, well, it's obviously talking about some sort of drug. Like, that's obvious. What's Wizards thinking? What are what are they what are they thinking with this? <laughs> It's, is it okay so, to be drugs? What are we? Uh, 13 and up? Or is that? Yeah, 13 and up. Drugs? <laughs> that kind of content? I'm not even sure. What's funny is, I okay, I think I'm in the outlier here, but I, this didn't bother me <laughs> at all. Right? Like, I mean, you, you go out to, I've gone out to like other events and like you're give like people have given out, like other events have given out, I don't know, random things, right? Like obviously not, not drugs, but like, you know, like, hey, <laughs> here, have like water or, or special gamer fuel right so like it to me it doesn't read or feel any different than that yeah i mean when i read this i thought <laughs> i thought this was just like some magical drug thing and I, I wasn't offended by it i thought it was kind of funny that they said no martini glasses after writing that whole thing like hmm that's that's the issue but i thought like you all have watched arcane right wasn't mm -hmm. there like shimmer yeah, or something shimmer. and like i figured this was just like the magic version of that like just right I, it makes sense in a gangster set like criminal underworld like sure it's a magic version of that uh but it kind of blew up to be this really big thing so i i don't know if the 13 and up thing is a problem but for me, it kind of makes sense for new Capenna that there's this like magic version of some illicit substance that's part of the set. But okay, you guys, are, you guys are tripping. Really, okay, hold on, hold that. on. <laughs> okay, I think it's fine to have drugs in the world of magic, right? But imagine if you just replaced Halo with cocaine, okay? Like just the word okay, cocaine. That's and, and, then you, and, then, and you're like, we're going to pre-release. And at the pre-release, they hand out like little packets of cocaine. Yeah. But it's not real cocaine, okay? It's actually just flour. But, you know, all, all everyone there, they're like, yeah, let's, get into, let's get into New Capetta. Let's make some lines, right? Like, let's, let's snort, you know, you're like, what? Like, what is going on? Like, why are you encouraging this? Like, you can't have a bunch of kids I, doing like fake Halo at a pre-release. Right, like I, what? I I definitely agree with that. Like that the the whole like uh, decorate your store with you know candy rock candy to be <laughs> Halo like that that was pretty. Walking, pretty everyone's naked. They're like sorting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like what's going on? <laughs> It's like, like it's a, Halo, like don't a worry. Chappelle it's meme, the the scratchy everyone looks like that <laughs> scratchy Chappelle meme that people post. Yeah, yeah. I, I cannot believe yeah. they did this. Like, oh my good, and I can't believe they didn't like backtrack on it. Like nobody read this, and they're like, huh, seems a little suspicious. Like, oh yeah, my that's the part I can't get. Like, uh, I don't know what they were expecting. Like, if it's not, if they don't want people to be thinking it's a drug of some kind, I don't know why they would write that paragraph in that way because that's definitely the impression everyone's going to get and it's definitely crazy to me that they would suggest decorating your <laughs> your local game <laughs> store in celebration of it like if it was just like a theme of the set and the cards come out and there's some you know subtle references to halo and you know it's kind of a wink wink nudge nudge people know it's something along those lines i don't think anyone would have batted an eye but the, the actual statement of like hey use rock candy to have you know have halo at your pre-release like hi i i don't know i don't know what wizards was thinking with that one so i'm, I, I'm, I, I'm anyway. really excited to go to pre-release now just to see yeah. i'm pretty wired <laughs> for this pre-release i i in all honesty though i don't i don't think like i okay when you put cocaine yeah sure but like i looked at it a lot like how seth looks at it and it's just like shimmer right so and like the the arcane uh events that were being held out around LA, you know, you could also, they, they'll just give you uh shimmer essentially. If you uh, like at the bar and shimmer is lemonade, by the way, <laughs> I assume that's what Wizards was trying to do. By riot, yeah, it, it is by riot. Like they, they, uh, 
Yeah, I forgot. That's, that's I, wild it's, to me. Where you go to a party and you do fake drugs, pretend, and like I don't know. That's I, I can see how stores could do it, right? And they're not like affiliated with wizards in any way, and like they do it of their own accord, right? Like maybe you have, you know, maybe you play F and M in a bar, and like everyone there is an adult or whatever, right? And like it's the right environment, but even then, I think it's a little sus. But for the company itself to suggest this, I think it's. I think it's wild. Yeah, it's full I mean, it's, all in on the the immersion of the world. Like, like that's, right? that's the aspect of New Capenna. Like, <laughs> like you could have pointed at any other aspect. You know, like what if well, they're I like, mean, oh, sure, you know, yeah. everyone bring their, you know, bring their, you know, replica paintball guns or something, and shoot everyone or something. Like, it's, you know, like why would you encourage like violence or drugs or something? Right? You couldn't like everyone dressed in the colors of the house you represent or something. Right. And, you know, be a little more tame, family friendly, you know, like, (laughs) Oh my goodness. I mean, also arcane is uh, TV 14, I guess. And league of legends is also 13 plus. So it's, it's essentially the same as magic. Yeah. As far as the age requirements, but well, that was interesting. Anyway, I think that's all of our topics. So Richard, why don't you, uh, Give us a couple fish mails. All right. Uh, if you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail. And we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, David Laffinson, how much do you think a Black Lotus token made by Garth One Eye would have been worth if Watsi had made that token in MH2? 50 bucks. Just yeah, like 50 <laughs> bucks. Just like the Duel Masters card we were just talking about, actually. I, I bet it would be somewhere around there. Do you think they shied away from making the token because of this? They thought people would use it you know, for, for older formats. Like, why didn't they just make a token and cash in on it? Good question. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, they'd be giving it away when they could make a secret layer drop, <laughs> secret layer drop Garth tokens or something and sell it. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Uh, Edie Vanta, with multiple showcase versions and some of them costing hundreds of dollars, do you think dual lands still need to be rare? Is showcase version selling more packs than rare duels? I mean, from a player's perspective, dual lands don't need to be rare. It's a bad thing that they're rare. It'd be great if they were uncommon. From Wizards' perspective, if you look at a set, really it is often the lands that are the most valuable rares in the set, and everyone who's playing a format's going to need a playset of them. So I think from Wizards' perspective, they probably still think that they need to keep them at rare just to just to make sure people are buying the set. Uh, there's so much power creep nowadays. I don't think that's true anymore. Like back in the day when you had like one good card in the set, you needed those rares to sell packs. But now we have like 1800 commander staples and, you know, every <laughs> card is breaking modern. Like I think your duels can be yeah. at uncommon so that everyone can actually play the game. Right. Like the, the worst thing is someone building a deck with like a total jank mana base and then they're not able to deploy any of their cards. So I think it's time to move them to uncommon. Like I think packs sell themselves now with all the commander cards. So we don't. We yeah. don't. Speaking don't do that. of, <clears throat> I mean, arena economy. Like that would fix the economy. Like that would make arena so much cheaper. I, like if I, all uh, your mana base was uncommon wild cards rather than rares, that would be actually a big deal for players. Seth, I think at this point we've got to just let it go. The idea of the arena <laughs> economy ever being, like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> After that, if if they couldn't get it then, then it's just like, look, this is how it is forever. <laughs> so take at it. But but yes, I don't. I I think they should be like uncommon at this point. Why not? Like it it, it wouldn't change a thing though. Because what what are they gonna do? They're gonna they're not gonna reprint anything, right? And I, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah uncommon. Uncommon. You would fine. fix it Just going it forward, right? So in the next standards, right. like your your decks would be cheaper. But yeah, they're not they're not going to reprint them or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, B Snyder eighty nine. Given the repeated complaints about arena economy, if you didn't play it for work, what would your cutoff point be to stop playing the client strictly as an MTG fan? Strictly as an MTG fan, I would only build my favorite control decks, and then that's it. I would never have any other decks. Honestly, if I wasn't making content, I would just play Magic Online. <laughs> like, I I played Magic Online before I made content, and I'm really comfortable with it. So, for me personally, I, I like Magic Online, and it has all the older formats. So, yeah, I think I already would have made that change if it wasn't for content. Uh, I'm already Seth. I don't make content, so I just play Moto. <laughs> At first, it was like to practice for Arena. Then I'm like, why am I even bothering with this? I'll just play. I'll just play. 
played Moto. <laughs> and it's actually been pretty good. Um, but I think the other answer is like, if I didn't like Moto, I would just play another game. There are so many games you can play for like actual free uh, that, you know, I could go play Fortnite or something or I can go get Elden Ring or like there's plenty of things you could do that you don't need to sit there and grind away at something you're not happy with. So I think the minute people get unhappy with it, it's very easy to leave Arena. Corel underscore. Do you think Commander would be popular on Arena? I've been trying out EDH on Moto and honestly, it's some of the worst EDH I've played. Lots of waiting for people to pass priority and folks quitting the second anyone gets slightly ahead. Cool. So, yes, with the asterisk. Like, if full Commander was on Arena, I think it would be relatively popular. Uh, assuming... It was programmed in a way that it was functional. I do have concerns like battlefields get cluttered with just two players or imagine mobile with four players. Like, I don't know how that'd be possible, but if they could actually make it somewhat functional, I think it'd be popular. Would it be popular if they just threw a queue up that was called commander and only had the cards that were on arena? I don't think so. Then I think it's just multiplayer historic brawl and it would still probably be somewhat popular because historic brawl is popular, but I don't think it would feel like commander until you got the soul rings and the signets and, you know, 25 years worth of cards to, to pull from. Cause so much of commander is customization and playing what you want. Like that's the whole spirit of the format. And that's tough when you only have, you know, a handful of, of sets, the most recent five years of sets or something. Yeah. I, I mean, with the current economy, no. <laughs> but if they added all the cards and somehow made it super user-friendly, I could see it being very popular. I mean, I think Commander is just how people instinctively play Magic. Like, it's just, like, super casual. Just jam the cards you like. And because it's four players, you might actually survive because, like, you're not being, like, gunned down by the hyper-efficient deck across from you. So I think it would be popular, but... Given the rate of change on Arena, like I doubt it's coming anytime soon. Uh, but I would expect that Wizards is secretly working on some like four-player client somewhere. It would be pretty strange of them not to uh, try to digitize like their most popular format. So I expect something's happening, but probably not in Arena. So get ready for a third client, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> get ready to rebuy your cards again for the fourth time. Uh, they, they would never it, like yeah. once it hits it would not come at like on the same client it would definitely be on a separate client yeah uh james carey was looking at commander pre-cons online and the minimal packaging options are all five to ten dollars more than retail packaging assuming this is because of overstock on retail but should watsi be discounting prices to promote the less waste version huh wait why why would it be more expensive that's very strange it's probably something like they only made so many minimal packaging products but they made a lot more normal packaging and the normal oh. packaging is like there's so much of it that they're getting discounted to be sold and it's cheaper than the less waste version. i mean i don't understand why why they wouldn't just make them all with eco-friendly packaging yeah <laughs> like, isn't that the the solution? Just like keep the price the same and print them all that way. Like, what's uh, is there an upside that I'm missing? Like, do you get something extra buying the non eco friendly packaging? Yeah. So, have you seen Pokemon cards at Walmart or whatever? The box is like the size of the entire shelf, and there's like one card in it. Yeah. Right. And it's <laughs> yep. it's it's like advertisement, right? When you walk by, you see it, and you're like, oh, you know, it looks so fancy and whatever. If you, it was just in like a single, you know, brown top loader, you wouldn't even see it. So they do this for traditional retail. I don't know how much Magic product sells through traditional retail, right? When you buy from Amazon, uh, you should not get the option to buy the retail version, right? If you buy an Amazon, it should just be the less waste version because you know what what the box looks like has no relevancy. So yeah, like Wizards has done something to be eco friendly, but I think they can do a lot more. Yeah, I would I would agree. It's tough to pay ten dollars more. It shouldn't be like that. Worst case, they should be the same price and print enough of them that you can you can have them be the same price and uh, give the consumers a choice. But I would prefer them just to uh, maybe for retail you still got to have fancy packaging, but otherwise, like anything they're selling directly online. Just go go with the one that doesn't destroy the planet, I would say. You could promote it. You could give the the less waste version like an extra promo card or something, right? To make people really make that conscious choice to pay for the less yeah. waste version. But maybe that'll just spike the price and make it higher and then no one will buy it anyway. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, why would that? Uh, I mean, I get why it would be higher. I just I hate that it would become higher. Yeah. 
Uh, Sleeroy 18 QD1. Uh, in the middle of your Arena economy stream, how many developers and how many junior devs do you think Arena has? I asked because they couldn't figure out uh, favorite land technology. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine there's that many, though. The word uh, of this stream, technology. I, I think yeah, when I oh when I heard that I was dying in my chair. I'm like, what? <laughs> you gotta do the big sigh first. <gasps> technology. <laughs> we're just, you know, hands crossed, you know, like oh we're yeah. just not there yet. <laughs> but yes, I, I assume they could probably use more devs. But I, I've never seen official numbers for how many devs Arena has, so I, I really don't know. Like, I mean, you're you do development, Richard. How many people do you think you need to do something like Arena? A lot more than they have. Um, <laughs> my guess is they have like five people or something, right? Like they don't actually add new features. All they do is just add new cards and like do some maintenance on it. They're not actively expanding or doing anything new. Like essentially, Arena today looks basically the same as when it released into beta or whatever, right? It just has new cards, like new cues or something. But essentially, it's all. The same right you have your same pets you have your same skins you have your same play modes it's essentially the same so they haven't done much with it so it looks like bare bone skeleton ship but like i don't know why you would want to work for watsi right like not only do you get paid severely under market rates you get dunked on all day like let's say you're let's say you're like a, a arena dev and you're at a like a magic mixer would you actively tell people you develop arena <laughs> I'd be hiding that. Like, no, my life depended no. on it, right? Like, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I work on Arena. What uh, what constructive feedback would you like me to relay to the team, right? Like, no, right? It's, like, embarrassing. So I, I don't see... Not only are they understaffed, underpaid, they're just dunked on consistently. Like, scapegoat someone else so that people will come actually work for you, not, you know, the people you need. Yeah, I, it's weird. I'd be... I'd be telling people that I what I designed Oko before I, before I worked on Arena. <laughs> no, I no, I, I don't do Arena. I'm the guy that made Omnath. No, that that was me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, thank you to everyone who sent in fish mail. If you have questions, send them to at mggoldfish with the hashtag mggfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 373 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.